Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Hello, friends. No sounds this week. (laughs) We we have really good news. Really good news. We have fantastic news. Yeah. Mine and Holly's depression has been cured. Cured completely. It's a miracle. I know. And we can let you in on our secret. We figured out the cure to depression. Fall Out Boy's new song (laughs) has cured our depression. Literally, it's probably the only song I've listened to since it came out. Like, it's been on repeat. And then, like, every time I start listening to another song, I'm like, no, I'm going to go put that back on. Same. It's so bad. I had River listening to it today. It was... So I'm good. so happy that it sounds the way it sounds. Right. I, I had low expectations and they, they blew me away with it, to be honest. I'm very excited. I will be spending $300 for a Fall Out Boy ticket at some point in the near future. Totally. Me too. I will sell yeah, my that was, soul for this concert. I haven't finished the music video yet because, I don't know, ADD. And um, I know there's a whole bunch of like Easter eggs and stuff. And it reminds me of like back in the day when they would do all that sketchy shit and make you try to figure out what they're trying to say. I don't think I have the time or effort. Probably. She was a big follow boy fan. Yeah. It's definitely where she got it from. Everyone's like, no, Taylor Swift invented it. (laughs) Yeah. No. Um, We were also talking about the seashell thing. I sent you. They sent a seashell to Ollie Sykes. Yeah. And Carl's like, what if they tour together? And I was like, you can't. Don't. I would die. Right. Cannot. They'd play all of their like borderline pop songs, but that's fine. I mean, we we'll still get to see them though. That's what matters. Yeah. But so. yeah, that's literally the highlight of my entire last existence. decade, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our what else? Do we have anything else that we know? That was. Um. Oh, I'm I legally married. Oh um, yes! Yay! Yeah. yeah. So yeah. everything's like filed at this point. You're like, it's a fish. Yeah, they sent me everything, and it's photocopies of everything, so obviously they fucked up somewhere. Yeah. So, but yeah, technically. Hooray! So, no rich husband, but whatever. (laughs) We're halfway halfway there? You've got the husband? You just need the rich now? Yeah, exactly. We're getting there. We're We're getting getting there. Um, And then, yeah, we've been following the whole Carol Baskin drama today. (laughs) (laughs) We were just looking up, like, Joe's age and how long he's in prison for and guys we don't think he'll make it if he's like i don't think he'll make it out of prison uh-uh. i don't think so he's too but old. uh it's probably like everybody's probably heard about it by the time this episode comes out but like her husband was missing and they thought he was dead i i think he's dead and yeah. then she's like no he's on an island in costa rica homeland security said they saw him there and then like the sheriff was like no that's not what happened (laughs) so he is still missing i'm convinced she fed him to a tiger but also blown away that that's still like headline news in the year 2023 (laughs) yeah because the the article i read said he was seen like a year ago and people are just finding out about it now yeah and for like someone that like like if the sheriff's like no that's not correct and she's sitting here like oh they said this i'm like you're digging yourself a really deep grave there girl yeah, she's, like, trying to... She should have just sat there and ate her food, you know? Like, the more she talks, the worse she looks. Yeah, it's so bad, but it's so funny. Yeah, I don't think he's in Costa Rica. Let no. us know what you think. Leave a comment about Joe Exotic in the year 2023. He's part of, like, the Earth So, I mean, now. I can make a Tiger King post this week. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> bring back... Tw- don't bring back 2020. Oh, God, no, please don't. Bring back that part of 2020. <laughs> 
<laughs> Joe Exotic and not leaving my house down. It's perfect. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, that's it. Fall Out Boy, Joe Exotic, Danielle's Married. All in all, an all right week. Um, Yeah, I guess so. That's it. I slept like shit last night, so I sound drunk, but I'm not. So this is going to be... I'm going to suffer a little bit through this. I'll just be twice as drunk for her. I love that. Yeah. That's a real friend. That's a support system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got my Jameson and we're good. Oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. Jameson and ginger ale. I love that. Happy Friday, Junior. Happy Friday. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> technically our pre-Friday. Oh, yeah. But it's like Monday there. We- One day we'll learn what day we record and what day we air, but it is not today. Yeah. So just um, know when this episode comes out, we're back to being miserable and sober and i hopefully well rested <laughs> hopefully i doubt it hopefully <laughs> um on that note i guess um i i have a really crazy case this week and like usually i write a little blurb and i think i said this last week but like i mean it even more this week um i have nothing to say other than this is the fucking crazy shit i've ever heard in my life um let's hear so it. this this happened around christmas of 2006 in phoenix arizona and it took everything in me not to write a twilight joke there um <laughs> she's just carrying her little cactus yeah <laughs> that's my favorite part um so ryan waller and his girlfriend heather kwan didn't show up to their family's christmas dinner uh they didn't answer their phone calls either ryan's dad called the local police department to request a welfare check which they did so they arrived at the couple's home around 11 p.m on christmas day 11 p.m christmas day note that 11 p.m um Ryan opened the door and officers were surprised to see that he had a wicked black eye and a cut on his nose. When they asked him how he sustained the injuries, he seemed dazed and said he didn't know. Um, So the officers made their way into the home where they spotted Heather laying on the couch. Ryan told them she had been sleeping there for a couple days. The officers checked on her and realized she was dead. She had a single bullet wound in in her head. Um, Ryan was immediately arrested on suspicion, this is going to be hard, suspicion (laughs) of murder and placed in the back of a police car for hours while the rest of the investigative team arrived on scene. Um, he was acting strange and he was like really confused as to like what was happening. Um, officers just assumed that he was drunk or on drugs or something. No, he probably Um, has head trauma. (laughs) (laughs) I love when you catch things like this is literal hours before the police catch it this time i should be a cop apparently because i actually know shit. you should you know i um, i would be so i could not i could not happily go around and be like i'm a cop i'd probably like shoot myself yeah I'd not do it <laughs> <laughs> there'd be a lot more shame associated with that than your current role yeah it's so um true. so yeah he's been on the back of the cop car after several hours he was brought into the interrogation room for questioning so interrogation starts around 5 a.m on boxing day and lasts for about an hour so they got to his house at 11 p.m brought him in for questioning at 5 a.m lasts about an hour um there's lots of clips of the interview on youtube that you can find really easily if you want to watch um i would say i recommend you watch so you get like a full scope of what is happening um not graphic but maybe disturbing okay so slight content warning um over the course of the hour ryan's behavior gets progressively stranger um before the interview even starts even so he he wasn't handcuffed when they let him in the room but the camera footage shows him playing with the handcuffs that are attached to the table in those like interrogation rooms and for some reason he like puts it on himself so he's not not cuffed but he just is he's playing around he does it 
Um, only a little while after he cuffs himself, he tries to stand up, forgetting that he had handcuffed himself. Mm-hmm. So he tries to, like, stand up to pace, and, like, the table drags, and he looks down, and he's just like, oh, sh- shit. Um, so then he sits back down, and he, like, rests his head on the table and starts to moan. Um, when the officers enter the room, uh, the guy's name's Officer Dalton, he asks um, if he gets to go home to sleep, to which the officer replies, should go to the doctors is where you should go, pointing at Ryan's face. Ryan asks how bad it is, and the officer says, pretty bad, um, referring to his black eye. Another officer comes in at this point to take pictures of Ryan, focusing on his feet for some reason. I don't know if there was, like, footprints on scene, but they took, like, I think it was, like, 43 pictures of his feet. Did they, they, like, have any medical personnel check him out? Because, like, if someone's in that state, you legally have to get them checked out. Oh, we are not done yet. (laughs) Interrogate, but okay. (laughs) Again... Hours before the police figure it out. Fucking hell. Um, so, yeah, 43 pictures of his feet. Um, the whole time Ryan's having difficulty. With feet? Like feet pics? I honestly thought that too. It was a little bit strange how many they took. Like, I feel like maybe like four or five get like every angle kind of thing, but yeah. like 43. Um, so the whole time Ryan's having uh, a hard time following the posing instructions, like they tell him to put his feet up and he kind of like struggles to put his feet up. Uh, And he continues to moan in pain during the whole process. When Dalton tells Ryan he's going to read him his rights, he says something like, you know what they do on cop shows? You've seen cop shows, right? And Ryan says no and seems really confused. He's like, wait, you haven't seen like CSI? You haven't seen anything? Ryan's like, no. And he's like, maybe? And he just seems really off. Um, So he starts by asking Ryan a simple question. What's the highest grade uh, you've completed in school? To which Ryan replies, I don't know. He asks if he's graduated or he has a GED, and Ryan again says he doesn't know. He ends like up like flags, like yeah. He ends up saying grade eight, but it's almost like he's just like picking a number to like get him to stop asking. Yeah. Um. So next, the officer asks Ryan if he has a girlfriend, to which he replies, "No." Um, Heather was his girlfriend. Okay. So he asks if he knows Heather, and Ryan says, "I don't know." So he continues to ramble while answering the questions. He has a brain bleed. Yeah. Um, he says Heather's last name is Kaiman instead of Quan. And then when they ask him to spell it, he says, I don't know. And they're like, is it a C or a K? He's like, I don't know. Um, so she, and he says that she might be using different nicknames, but he doesn't know any of her nicknames. He just knows that she uses some. So it's all really confusing. You can tell the officers like baffled by the man um he seems more like angry than like what's going on it's more like why are you fucking with me than like why is this guy talking in riddles yeah um the entire time ryan's staring at the wall across from him not making eye contact with the officer just kind of staring at nothing Mm -hmm. officer dalton decides to change the subject and ask what happened to his face Ryan repeatedly said, he, I don't know, but the officer asks if someone hits him and he, he says, yeah, maybe Heather. He says he doesn't know what happened and it was probably just an accident, but he can't remember. He mentions another woman named Christina and just keeps repeating, I don't know, I just want to go to sleep. Uh, then he mentions another girl named Alicia and at this point the officer's just like, bro, what's happening? Like, who are all these people? You said this person was here, now it's this person. And it got to the point where the officer is like, who's on the couch like we don't know who's on the couch at this point we assumed it was heather but now it might be alicia it might be christina who the fuck's on the couch um so like i said watch the interview to get like a full grasp of how 
confusing this all is for the officer. Um, the main thing I want to drive home here, though, is that Officer Dalton asks him about his injuries multiple times. More than once, he makes a joke about his black eye or asks what happened or who hurt you. He he knows he's injured, okay? Yeah. Um, he even points out that Ryan has a chunk missing from his nose. Officer oh Dalton God. finally gets fed up with Ryan's antics. It looks him right in the eye saying, quote, Ryan, there's a dead girl in your living room. Ryan kind of like snaps at this point. Like you could see his like attention kind of peak and he goes, what? She's dead. Um, so the uh, like I said, he perks up and he started to become slightly more coherent. So he confirms that it was Heather on the couch. And the officer asks again what happened in the house that night. Ryan tells the officer that, quote, Richie and his dad had come over and they were, quote, shooting arrows, bows, and darts. Um, so it turns into more nonsensical rambling at this point that doesn't really make sense. Uh, but something changes part way, and he repeats again that he and Heather were home and, quote, Richie and his dad tried to break in the back door. The officer presses a little more and Ryan says Richie used to live with them. He said Richie had come back to get his stuff, but that him and his dad hit them with a bow and arrow. Um so the officer goes bow and arrow like why do they have a bow and arrow who has bow and arrows and ryan starts like explaining like what the bow and arrows looks like and he's like it's strange though there was no shell casings when they shot him with the revolver and the officer's like visibly agitated at this point he goes quote okay you just said it was a bow and arrow and now it's a revolver and ryan says quote yeah that's what i meant they had revolvers and they shot us the officer is like really blown away at this point. He asks Ryan, where were you shot? Because how are you here if you're shot? And Ryan uh, replies, his eye, his big black oh. eye. Oh my God. I'm so mad. <laughs> so the officer keeps questioning, keeps questioning, uh, pressing Ryan about the guns that he personally owned in the home. What the fuck? Dude? Asking if he shot Heather and he's just confused about it. Um, Ryan insists he did not shoot her, but he doesn't know what happened. He tries to stand up again, once again, forgetting he's cuffed to the table. Um, he starts to get, like, really restless at this point. He's moving around a lot in the chair. Uh, he keeps attempting to stand up. Meanwhile, the officer's still trying to get him to make sense of his story. So Ryan insists Richie and his dad shot him, but the officer says to him, quote, if they shot you in the eye with a revolver, you wouldn't be talking to me right now because most likely you'd be dead. To which Ryan replies, quote, that's what I thought too, man. Uh, so Dalton continues to, you know, press for the story. He's like, bro, this isn't making sense. You need to make sense of this. And Ryan becomes somewhat more co coherent again. So he answers more questions about Richie and his dad coming into the house and how he was shot first and woke up to Heather dead on the couch. Uh, he tells the officer that she was sleeping. So he went back to sleep too. The officer tells him his story makes no sense again. Ryan becomes upset and puts his head on the table. Uh, he tries to stand up again, puts his feet on the table, but then says his feet hurt. And it was at this point, at 5.52 a.m., that the officer says, all right, let me get a good look at your wound. So he gets Ryan to move closer, and he places his hand on the top of his head, and Ryan yells, ow, my head hurts. Um, kind of graphic, but in the video clip, you can kind of see the officer's hands almost, like, sink oh. into his head. Um so the officer takes a good look and quickly realizes why Ryan was acting the way he was. He leaves the room, comes back, and tells Ryan he's called some people to help him. When EMS arrives, the officer points out what he believes are four bullet holes in the front oh. of Ryan's face. 
Um, he told EMS he believed Ryan was showing signs of severe brain injury after sitting with him for almost seven hours at this point. From the time that they knocked on his door to the time that EMS showed up was almost seven hours. Can you be charged with, like, accessory to murder or... He should have, to be honest. Um, they let him walk out of the interrogation room to meet his ambulance in the front of the building, too. Wow, it just gets better. It Everyone does. there is so trained, like, so well. <laughs> I couldn't believe, like, the the first thing they should have done is gotten him looked at, regardless if he's a suspect or not. Yeah. Like, there's people handcuffed to hospital beds. How did this not happen? If you walk, you know? I know if you walk into a scene and there's someone, even if it's just, like, a black eye, you, and you have to check and they're them. they're strange, even if they're drunk, you are, you're supposed to get yeah. the medical attention. And a cop, I'm sorry, you don't have, you might have, like, basic knowledge, training. I mean, this guy obviously. They have enough to it. check vitals, I think, like, to do the, like, the. Yeah. But you're supposed bare to call paramedics. And if you don't, like, you're in big trouble. Fucked. Yeah, Absolutely fucked. fucked. Um, Fuck you, So dumb. Ryan was finally, I, I, I wrote rushed to the hospital, but now in retrospect, I wouldn't call it rushing. Um, he was listed in critical condition. So one bullet had gone through his nose, like across the bridge of his nose, mm-hmm. and ricocheted into his brain and got lodged. Um, there were four pieces of his skull that also broke off and got lodged into his brain. A second bullet bounced off of his skull, breaking off another piece. Uh, so he's got, I think he had like five pieces of skull like in his brain. Um, Ryan's left eye had to be removed along with pieces of his brain that had died due to damage and lack of immediate treatment. So the longer Ryan sat in the police car than the interrogation room, the more damage his brain occurred. So had they sought treatment immediately, he I wouldn't say he'd been perfect because there's there's more, um, but they could have prevented how bad it got a lot of the damage yeah yeah so post-surgery he would have to spend the rest of his life living with his parents unable to take care of himself um so what really happened here on december 23rd 2006 two days before the welfare check richie and larry carver broke into the couple's house richie who was in fact a former roommate had been kicked out by ryan after he allegedly started hitting on heather Richie decided this was enough to kill two people over, and parent of the year Larry was down for the ride. So they Wait, shot Larry's the couple. his actual parent? His dad. Richie's dad. What the I think they're fuck? like 1920-ish here. So let's say hypothetically 19-year-old Richie and his father broke into the house and shot them wow. because they kicked him out for hitting on his girlfriend. Wow. Okay. That was enough to, to kill two people. Um, so they stole several of Ryan's weapons and computers and fled the scene, leaving the couple for dead, or so they thought. By some miracle, Ryan survived until the police came for their welfare check. Um, he was mostly likely just wandering around the home, lost and confused and sleeping off his brain injury. Um, he truly believed Heather was just sleeping because his brain was just not functioning. Like oh God, he was in yeah, a daze for like two days. He had no idea what day it was. He had no idea. Yeah. Like what was happening. Um, in June 2008, Richie was convicted of felony murder, burglary, aggravated assault, and misconduct involving weapons. He received a life sentence for his crimes. 
Um, in another tale of the American justice system, Larry initially managed to escape charges because most of the evidence against him came from a verbal confession from his wife. And apparently some states have a right to marital privilege. So uh, Larry's wife did not have to testify him to protect their marriage, essentially, is the law there. So she chose to invoke that right so Larry could not be charged. Um, Heather Kwan's family appealed to Arizona legislators to use uh, what would later become known as Heather's Law to revoke the marital privilege law. Um, After a few years of fighting, Larry Carver was indicted again in November 2011, and he was convicted of first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, burglary, and aggravated assault. So they had to make a whole new law to make sure this guy went to jail. It's fucking insane. Um, Unfortunately for Ryan, he never uh, overcame his horrific injuries. Uh, He suffered seizures, like like pretty severe seizures. And 10 years after the attack, one of his seizures resulted in his death. He was only 28 years old at the time of his death. Um, His parents never sought any legal action uh, against the police force or Officer Dalton, saying all they wanted was their son back. I at first when I read that I was like mad I was like why would they not but then it's like no dollar amount would fix that and they no dollar amount have the money to do it it is expensive I do think though that people would step in pro bono for something like that oh but I just think it's the kind of thing where it's like what would make that right (laughs) like it's true what (laughs) did anything happen to Dalton as far as I saw no I hope as he got some no. fucking, like, training. He bare minimum, like, put him through the starter training again. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, no, as far as I saw, they, it was hands clean. That's a fucking joke. Yeah. Yeah. If that ever, like, I would, like, I would ring that guy out. Like, I, he would, he'd be my next meal. Oh, my God. Absolutely. He'd be my last it's supper. Ju- it's fine. It's just, like, the the bare minimum you do is like pupil dilation you know it's the the stupidity and the fact that like he fucked up that so hard like right off the bat you told me that and i'm like yeah he could be drunk but he could also have a brain injury black eye and a cut on his brain injury i'm not a cop i don't work in healthcare. i'm just not (laughs) stupid (laughs) uh yeah no i could not believe that case and the interview is I would recommend watching it because it's to see it. I don't know. It's like a whole, yeah, to, yeah to fully get the whole picture of like how badly everybody fucked up here. Because like you could tell he's not okay. Like I, I don't. You could tell that something's not right, and he's not just drunk or just on drugs or something. Like you could tell something is off. And he, like his black eye is massive. It's like the entire half of his face is black. That's insane. and they were seven hours so yeah that that pissed me off um i've never heard anything like this so i had to cover it that is just it makes me so mad because it's like this guy's a cop and he's so shitty at that like what other things has he butchered in his career? yeah he didn't do the bare minimum of checking pupils you know yeah. like-, <laughs> like even if someone did like he, he did do it you by law still have to treat them because they're yeah. alive. <laughs> like, like I said, there's people handcuffed to hospital beds. Absolutely. We've seen it happen. So the fact I don't know, it just pisses me off. The lack of care, like the the subhuman treatment, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it just it's sad. Like like I said, he was in the house for two days with the brain injury, so I don't think he would have been, you know, completely 
injury free, but he might have been able to live a longer life, a more full life. He might not have needed to depend on other people to help him as much. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you don't know what could have happened if they immediately went, oh shit, something's wrong. Yeah. And they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Oh, so, yeah. good old coppers. Yeah. Good it was an angry one this week. Sorry if you're pissed off. Yeah, that made me real mad. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the lack of care and, like, empathy. It's like... Yeah. Well, it's, like, to serve and protect, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you don't get to do pick that. and choose who you serve and protect, yeah. so... <laughs> Fucking wild. Yeah. That's so wild. That was a bad That's one. Really sad. I'm glad they got the guys, though. Yeah, and That's it was surprising. honestly, like, such a miracle that he was able... Like, Ryan was able to remember the names and, like, yeah. get that out. Because as far as they knew... He was just drunk and killed his girlfriend, and that's the story they were sticking to. Yeah. So the fact that he was able to, no, 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 Richie and his dad, like, that. They're like, it's an open who and knows? case. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Piss me off. Fucking. Do you have a fun one this week? Can we lighten the mood? Uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the urban legend and, like, the mysterious disappearance, air quotes, of the indigenous tribe at the oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) angie cooney lake i'm pretty sure that's how you say it. that sounds right to me yeah side note did you see kevin's comment on the episode maybe (laughs) you know what (laughs) just run me over with that bus it's fine (laughs) i'm like sure i won't move um so now this disappearance is very weird and it's almost like a tall tale as i said like urban legend there's been no evidence of this village even like located at the anjakuni lake but we're just gonna get into it so this lake is located in um kilovic region which is in our biggest territory none of it Um, i thought so like that sounds familiar (laughs) that Uh, sounds like something i drew on a map in first grade (laughs) you're like it's somewhere (laughs) this area is extremely remote and most of the population is located in equaluit is it equaluit or qualuit couldn't tell you it's like either (laughs) like people say it like this either way but i don't know what the proper one is so it's one of those things that everybody i've I've ever heard pronounce it says it differently (laughs) i've always said equaluit so We'll just do that. We're going with it. Yeah. Which is the only city in none of it. Um, and I believe in 2021, the population hit a whopping, whopping. <laughs> in seven, 2021, sorry? 20, yeah, 2021. Okay. 7,429 oh, wow. people. A whopping. Wild. Yeah. The city also has no roads and has no trains. It's very isolated city. And um, and that's like the only city. So the surrounding area is just as isolated um so i just wanted to paint that picture when we talk about this village um so joe labelle was said to be a fur trapper that worked within northern canada in november of 1930 he was making his way to the um the village located on the anjakuni lake Uh, it said he knew this village well and this wasn't like his first time being there from a distance he said everything seemed normal you could see smoke from the fires and nothing was out of place or at least nothing stood out being weird 
when he got to the village, there was no one there. As I said, everything else was there. There was food, clothing, meals were half cooked, hanging over the fire. Um, boats were pulled on the shore. He was searching around the village and wasn't able to find anyone. So men, women, and children were just all up and left. They all were missing. Um, apparently in his search around the village, he also found some sled dogs that had died. Um, oh no. Yeah. Some articles said they died of starvation and others said they were just like completely like frozen. Um, so not sure how they died, unfortunately. Um, and he also said that there was a grave that had been dug up, but no one was in it. Um, oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Joe LaBelle left and immediately reported it to the North Northwest Mounted Police, which is basically like the pony police, but like the older version. Um, so like the umbrella of the RCMP. <laughs> so if you if you like first time. Do they have cool pants? That's all that matters. Probably. So the RCMP is Royal Canadian Canada. Mounted. Royal Canada. Canadian? Royal mounted, Canadian Mounted, mounted Police. police. Yeah. Well, we call them the pony police because that's what they are. <laughs> they ride ponies. They ride ponies. <laughs> that's it. Um, so yeah, he told them what he found so that's kind of where that story just kind of gets left um however i want to get into a few articles that basically vamped up the story made it like pretty much a conspiracy theory and it's like fucking nuts my first thought was aliens as always keep that thought <laughs> keep that thought we might be it's always there. my first thought <laughs> um random disappearance aliens, aliens. <laughs> yeah you're not alone there we're gonna get there <laughs> So in 1930, there was an article written by Emmett E. Keller. He was a writer for the Halifax Herald newspaper. He wrote about Joe LaBelle's story and said there was 25 people living in the village, but he also included a photo of this alleged tribe um, in this village. And basically the same story as what I just mentioned. So in 1931, wow, I said that really fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? It's like Valley Girl. Yeah. <laughs> in 1931. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Uh, so in 1931, Sergeant Jane Nelson of the Pony Police released his, <laughs> released his investigation of the disappearance. He noted that Joe LaBelle was real, but he actually worked in Manitoba and that the original photo that was um, linked to that 1930 article wasn't of the villagers. Um, it was actually taken from police archives. He concluded that the story of the missing village was actually a hoax made up by Emmett Keller. Fake news. Fake news. So the original <laughs> story started with his Emmett Keller article in 1930. Yeah. And then the sergeant came out a couple months later in 1931 saying it's not valid. In 1959, Frank Edwards wrote a book called Stranger Than Science, or Strange Than Science, something along those lines. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, like, autocorrected, so I'm sorry, guys. Um, and in that, he details this tale about the missing villagers as well. In his book, he notes how Joe LaBelle went into the village and then reported it to the mounted police. He also said there was about 30 people, so five more up than that 25 previously, um, known in this village and this village was actually a permanent residence so these people were there all the time um, apparently the police showed up and searched the village and like joe couldn't find anybody and these people just vanished and in the book he notes that the police filed it as unsolved and that's where it remains today now moving on to the next one <laughs> so people have like poked and prodded this legend and the story frank edwards wrote some say this happened in november where it's like way below freezing so boats being yeah. pulled up on the shore doesn't make sense um the rcmp also said that 30 people to a village would be considered a very big population for none of it 
<laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be possible in such a downtown none of it thirty people thirty people right, <laughs> but they said it wouldn't be possible because it's such a remote area they just wouldn't yeah. have survived. Um, in November nineteen seventy six, it was then again written by written in Fate magazine by Dwight Whalen. The cover was called Vanished Village Revisited. He mentions the 1930s article, so the original one that's told mm-hmm. the story. But then he said that he actually spoke to the police himself, and they said that they had no written record of the event, and Dwight Whalen ended up, like, ended his article basically agreeing with, um, um, agreeing that Emmett Keller had made up the story. So it was just some big hoax, and all of the evidence points to that. Now, this is where things get really fucking weird. And this next part is basically why I wanted to talk about this because I read it and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> in, 19, or in April 1977, so a couple months after um, the Fate magazine article came out, a person wrote into the magazine and said that Dwight's conclusion was false and that they didn't agree with it. This person said they went on a ferry ride and her and her husband, um, they were in the Bay of Fundy. They were chatting with uh, a gentleman um, called Captain Larson. He was a previously like a previous a Mountie, which is like a, pretty much the RCMP, it, right? It's the Pony Police, Pony yeah. Pony Police, yeah. And he <laughs> actually spent a good number of years investigating the disappearance of the villagers at Anjakuni Lake, which he told these two people about. Um, now, this person who wrote in to, to dispute Dwight's claims was none other than Betty Hill. So if you remember from past episodes, Betty and her husband, Barney, were abducted by aliens, by UFOs, in September 1961. We did an episode on it. Isn't that fucking wild? I was like, hold on. (laughs) So this couple is one of the most... Aliens are so real. (laughs) Yeah. This couple is one of the most famous couples regarding alien abductions. Um, So Betty disputed Dwight and said that the villagers had actually all been abducted by aliens. Like, like, holy shit. Holy shit. And obviously... What a plot twist. Right? Like, not at all what I was expecting. Fucking wild. And obviously, since UFOs are involved, this story, like, blew up after this. It's been written a shit ton after um, Betty's comment. The story was, like, rewritten. Some articles say there was actually 2,000 people living in the village. And that the... (laughs) In a province of only seven? Yeah. There's 2,000 people. (laughs) And, um... The, some of the stories have like three trappers rather than just the one of Joe. Um, it's like a broken telephone at this point. It's wild. Yeah. Um, so I got this next part from the Skeptoid um, podcast. Um, so they have a comment from the RCMP. Um, they got it in 1988. Uh, and the quote is, I quote, our files were carefully searched. No strange craft ev- was ever reported. No one named Joe LaBelle ever came into the RCMP in panic about Lake Anjakuni. The RCMP did not send out any search parties. The only records we have on this story are copies of letters to corresponders like yourself informing the writers that the story is entirely, entirely fictitious. End quote. So that's hear me out. Straight from the RCMP. They're hiding it. <laughs> I was just going to say hiding. the RCMP is like our FBI. Yeah. So like. Are they actually? I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. <laughs> oh my God. The FBI sounds way cooler. Ours are like pony police. Like. Hold on. This is. I have to Google. No wonder shit doesn't <laughs> get done. RCMP like the FBI. I'm not the only person that Googled that. Just so we all know. Yeah. 
Oh, so the RCMP has a criminal investigation branch. Oh. So it's the RCMP CIB. So like kind of, yeah. So they're like So like they wouldn't want pony. us to know that aliens exist either is the point of what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so they're hiding it. I just find this like fucking wild. Like, was there a village? Was it made up? If they did exist, where the fuck did where they did go? Where did they go? And like why did they just up and leave all their shit? Like fires were still started, like smoke was still there. Where why would they just leave? And it's like in november it's like i'm pretty sure the normal temperature in november none of it's like minus 30 yeah no thank you so like you aren't just gonna leave like were they actually abducted Uh, aliens i'm telling you and like i find like the bro after like the betty comment the articles that come out it's so hard to like follow which ones came in order and like track it all because it's like people just make up shit as they go so much he said she said so much broken telephone it's so irritating but like that the podcast i mentioned earlier the skeptoid podcast they did a really good job of covering it and um it's just like it's just fucking wild like i want to know what happened i want to listen to that podcast tomorrow at work because i'm like i'm blown away i I like this one because it's like a double layered conspiracy because there's the one layer of did it exist or didn't it and then there's like the alien layer yeah because like part of it it's like okay we're getting into it did this joe guy like show up and kill everybody and like hide their bodies and that's why there was a grave there like did he kill their dogs and then say it was like or like he went to go do a fur trade and it got like heated and then he just killed everybody like we don't know i feel like there'd be well he's the one that i was gonna say there'd be like evidence on the scene but he's also the one that like reported it so yeah and it's not like you can re- rid- and like in that day and age it's not like you report it in like an hour like it takes we probably report it in like yeah. a couple days my my thought process was one aliens or two like something like attacked them or something like took the dogs out first mm-hmm. then they all just like ran away like it was like a, a threat of some sort be it an animal or like oh my god what if it was, i like, don't bigfoot? know bigfoot Bigfoot and aliens. Oh my god, that sounds like you know those movies where it's like Sharktopus versus like, you know that's it. Sharknado as a whole. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Bigfoot versus aliens. Oh my god, like the Godzilla. Do let's do it. What what's the other? What's Godzilla face? I don't. I don't. Um, King it? Kong. King Kong. That's it. Yeah, I fucking love those movies. I am a I huge fan like a of all of those movies. I watch zero movies okay if you if you make a movie reference nine out of ten times i won't get it if it's something stupid like sharktopus absolutely we'll watch it totally (laughs) twilight hell yeah do you know like those memes where like or like the videos where it's like you're listening to somebody and then like pans in your brain it's like the monkey hitting like the the (laughs) the little things that's you pretty much you're the monkey itself (laughs) i love it but yeah, so that is the mysterious urban legend what a plot of Angie Lake. Yeah. As soon as you said her name, I was like, fucking aliens. Yeah. Like when I was reading it and I'm like, she I'm like, someone wrote into dispute and I'm like, oh yeah, what does she have? And I'm like, it's Betty Hill. And I was like, get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> what? But yeah, so she was talking. It was just one of those rare occurrences where I wish we did a YouTube thing because my face, like I was yeah. looking at my own face, and I was like, that's fucking funny. Yeah, you're like, this is great. <laughs> fucking wild yeah when i was i was i've heard of this this one um but not i didn't dig deep 
like into it and then i saw that and i was like well now i have to cover it yeah it's, like, fucking crazy i'm really excited wow. about our next episode though like i really hope i can like pull it off you know it's a good one when danielle's pre-planned i pre-planned, <laughs> guys. I have pre-planned i'm excited and you is this the one that you said is a two-parter it might be a two-parter yeah Ooh. i think i might make it into a two-parter because there's like so much shit in it but um it makes it easier because then like you don't want like 12 pages of script you exactly know? and there's just i don't want to like skim over it because it's just all so good yeah you know do it multi-part we that we did say we wanted to try that multi-part series yeah and now that Shit, we have i mean more i have time to, to like write i feel like more like I, you could dig in a little more yeah like before yeah. i just felt so like overwhelmed and like crazy and writing it like thursday fucking morning yeah I uh so last week I did all just like pure research and I I had time to sit and watch all the interview like the interrogation and everything so I could get like a full yeah grasp of it and then I just wrote it on like Monday I I like it so thanks for being patient with us and letting us do this bi-weekly thing because so far I know killing it we're only like what two episodes in I love it but it's fine we're doing great I love it so I hope you don't hate it, but also I'm enjoying it so much that I might not care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never care, so here we are. <laughs> we, d- we do love you guys, though. We promise. Oh, totally. <laughs> There's just not one thing in this world that I care about. That's all. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. On that note, um, do, you, do you still want to be friends with us? Yeah, we do have Instagram. Well, it, you're like you should be happy to know that Holly runs our Instagram, so you won't have to encounter me. It's fine. <laughs> I try to be nice to everybody. <laughs> that- Keyword is try. Listen, I'm tired a lot, okay? Fair. It's not you, it's me. It's, it's me. Fair. <laughs> um, so come bug Holly at Instagram. It's a spooky hour podcast. The Twitter's at spooky hour. There will be Joe Exotic posts this week. <laughs> Absolutely. If there isn't, I'll be really disappointed. No, I have to find one. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to go look up for one right now. Why am I yawning? I'm going to make my own meme. Oh my God, yes. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it, but like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh god oh and our our, what was i at gmail is a spooky air podcast 666 at gmail.com if you have any spooky tales you want to share with us feel free to send them to that email um we would like to do another episode where you guys could like sit and chat with us because we enjoyed that so if you want to sit and chat with us which after we just insulted you and told you we don't care about you (laughs) no fuck Come, come be our friend, totally yeah. Totally fair. I'm just miserable. <laughs> Let me be miserable. I'm sorry. Oh, have a good week, guys. Right, Thanks for ya. listening. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Bye.